I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And I'm Michael Hutchinson. And you're listening to Convinced. What's up, dude? Uh, not much. Another exciting week. You know, I had to golf a couple rounds. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know, it's a rough life getting paid for that. Us teachers. Yeah, you get paid for uh, for golfing. I do. And uh, yeah, I, and, and I played by myself behind the kids this time. Uh, oh, the, the other, other teachers the, didn't play with you? Yeah, the other two coaches didn't want to play. And I'm like, okay, I need to get my game going better. So I'll just play by myself. I parred everything. Imagine that. Because nobody was watching. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is a good game. The other coaches just drove their carts around. Yeah, they just wanted to go around and check out the the kids and stuff like that. Uh, doesn't so you matter. Played to me. By your, you didn't. You didn't. You you weren't even with the kids or anything. Well, no. Actually, the way regulations are. I know it's not actually real games yet. We're not in conference yet. Uh, but in golf, you're not allowed to talk to a coach. Like the club and all that, the kids are supposed to do it all right, on their own. Right. So, okay. So instead of me being there with you know my kid and the other two kids, I just thought it'd be better if I didn't. So I was just playing behind him, and it helps them move him faster. Uh, because you're pushing them along. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. So was there anybody behind you? Uh, at the beginning there was, and the golf course I play at kind of bottle noses in the first or bottlenecks in the first uh, like three holes, uh-huh. and then spreads out uh-huh. because I guess they're shorter holes. So there, the first two holes there were, and then I guess they went to go play the back nine maybe because uh, then I didn't see them, and then they, they jumped because you guys were too slow. How yeah. many uh, foursomes do, of kids are there? How many uh, kids are there? This time we had five. We played two different schools, so we had five different foursomes. Wow. So you're taking up uh, half, well, a third of the course, I guess it is. Yeah. Cool. So uh, you went and saw the Kings. I did see the Kings. It was a, it was a great game too. There's even a knockout. You. Which, you, yeah, but you had like some awesome seats. Right? I did, yes. You know, I, I was at the gym. Martin gave me a call and said, Hey, you want to go to the Kings tonight? I'm like, Oh, Martin invited you. Martin invited me, yeah. Where did Martin get the tickets? Uh, a studio head gave them to Daly, who's on the closer, I'm sorry, Major Crimes, who then offered a, said something to GW at a dinner or something like that. And then GW called Martin and Martin called me. Ah, so he had two tickets? And he yeah, had two invited. tickets. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Because uh, when you had posted, you didn't post that you were with Martin. Uh, I had responded that uh, uh, I didn't get invited to go see the Kings. Oh, yeah. It was with and them. Martin said something or responded to my post. So I, I thought that Martin didn't get invited either. No, Martin uh, did. And these seats were amazing. You know, it's in Premiere, which is uh, just uh, below the boxes, and you have a, a waiter and waitress that come by and for food and drinks. Were you in the glass box seats, or were you in the uh, stadium seats right in front of the glass they're, boxes? Uh, they're right in front of the – so the stadium yeah. seats right in front of the box. They are great. We saw Lincoln Park from there. They're fantastic. After, after being in that section, we decided that that's where we would buy tickets forever. Except um, they're really expensive. Um, no, actually, no, well, there, for, there are premiere and then there's other ones that aren't premiere also where they don't have the, like for Kings, if you were to get those tickets, they're expensive because you have a waiter that comes to you. Yeah. Uh, but for concerts, I found I, we used to not sit there. And if you want to sit in the 100 section, the lower section of the floor, uh, you'll spend the same amount, uh, as you would if you want to sit in the 200 section and the bathrooms are better. So, I mean, in a concert, we're dropping 100 to 150 a seat anyway. Uh, the bathrooms are better. You get uh, when you're, you have carpet outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a uh, private bar out there. The less cl- less crowds. Um, and then I remember, like, uh, sometime during the concert, people are people. The wait staff 
uh, pushed out like these little carts and they were selling brownies and cookies. Caramel and, apples. Yeah. yeah That's uh, all goes to the back and forth to the boxes. Yeah, it's cr- But uh, it's for the boxes, but you could buy them too. Yeah, you can. But yeah, it's, uh, they just, yeah. So anyway. But it's the they same level as the restaurant if you ever go to the restaurant. Yeah, they don't have uh, weight service for, the, at least during concerts, for those seats in the front, for the 200 seats. It's only for the boxes, the you know, behind the glass that they have the, the service for. But we sat, Lincoln Park, we sat front row in one of those 200 seats and decided that it was the best thing in the world. They are, they are pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I told Daly, if anytime she gets those tickets and doesn't want them, let yeah, me know. Send them your way. Absolutely. Um, so... You went and saw the Kings, and uh, that got me thinking. A lot of people give you shit for free. You get a lot of stuff for like people. It's all who you know, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, I even have uh, something for you that is for free. Um, and I, I was trying to figure this out. Why does everybody give Michael shit for free? That's a good question. Why? Because uh, I'm awesome. I think like, that's what it is. I mean, it's, today is actually something about Awesome Day. I forgot what the actual title is. No, I don't know. Today is awesome day. Today it, is Today is I will look it up real quick, but it's something about awesome. We're actually will... recording this on March 10th. Um <laughs> because of, I don't know. It'll, well, now we're only about 2 weeks behind on podcasts. So All right, uh, we're getting caught up. Yeah. So it's uh, I don't know why people give me stuff. I it, it's just all who you know. I mean, really, it's back in the day people felt sorry for you. Yes. So so <laughs> you were you were a substitute teacher, you worked 2 or 3 days a week or whatever it was. You you were living in your parents' house. Your parents weren't living there. Um, you yes, ate, they were up in Washington. You so ate I was uh, nowhere near my parents. Peanut butter sandwiches, uh, ramen noodles. You drove a VW Bug that you repaired with a uh, US ten cent. Dime. It was a dime and, a and dime some JB and, Weld <laughs> and, some, and a nylon. I remember you repaired it with that. You had a. I uh, love that bug. So you, easy. You had a sixties or seventies uh, short bus. School uh, bus. It was a 1956 okay. uh, Chevy Viking 40. Uh, whose who's alarm is that? <laughs> Not mine. Well, that's very good for the <laughs> podcast. If they can. Uh, Who the hell has an alarm anymore? Yeah. Like you people don't pay even, attention. You don't even hear. Well, yeah, like we're running out there. Um, but you don't even hear them anymore. I don't even know if that was that just somebody honking their horn. No, I was Maybe that's the throngs of preteens that uh, are trying to get in to see the show now. That's right. Let me in. Let me in. Because your Uh, gate is closed. uh, The gate is closed. Uh, Anyway, you, yeah, so you used to be a poor, poor motherfucker. Working as a phone psychic, as we talked about before. (laughs) Uh, You had a 56 short bus in front of your house. Uh, You drove a VW Bug. Uh, You did have, I guess, I did that for what I also um, well, I also had the, the truck, Clint's truck. I borrowed that for like two or three years. Okay. I forgot about <laughs> that. I remember the, uh, the, the newest item in your life was an emerald green Acer computer. That's right. That was probably the thing you were most proud of, or at least the <laughs> thing, the most valuable item you it was, was an emerald green Acer computer. I love the you emerald so green. so proud of it being green. Um, back then you had a dog named Bear. Uh, a cute little dog who has since passed away. But I remember you telling me a story of how you got that dog. He was in, from a trailer park. Okay. From a, a, a girl who found him. A girl found him. Who was the, what's the name? Who's the girl? What's the name? Her Debbie. Name? Debbie was a girl. Debbie gave you bear. Yes. Okay. Why did Debbie get Debbie give you bear? Uh, I don't remember why she really gave me bear. 
because I, I needed a dog, I guess. You dated her for what? A couple of weeks? No, Debbie, I dated her for uh, a little over a year, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that it was that long. Yeah. Deb, wait a minute. Is Debbie the one who also gave you the couch? No. Okay. No, that's totally different. That's when I moved up here. Debbie was down in San Diego. Okay. Uh, she, I dated her in high in a college. Okay. So did she? Uh, did was did she get acquire bear for both of you and just left them with you, or did she get you bear? Uh, she actually got me bear. Bear was a gift. Uh, went she went and got a puppy and gave it to you. Well, she didn't. I don't know what she was doing. She had some issues at the time, and. Uh, was in a trailer park and, and saw this puppy and ended up bringing him home. I don't know if it was just like, Oh, Michael needs a puppy. I think it was just like, Hey, I got this dog. Here you go. Uh, I remember something that went along the lines of you had sex with a girl and she gave you a dog. No, no, that's the couch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had to do with the dog too. All right. So the couch, what was her name? Uh, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Now her, you only had sex with like twice or something or, or dated twice or something. Yeah. I was something like, that. yeah, I met her in a bar and, uh, down in Hollywood. Okay. You met I was her in the Holly, the, the bar club scene. Okay. You met her in Hollywood. You brought her home to where I had, uh, I, I was just moving into the house and there was nothing there. Okay. So I borrowed an air mattress. And the first time you brought her home and had sex with her, she left you $20. Uh, yeah, she left me cause I had a roommate. And she she gave me twenty dollars for oh, me. Who's his name? Neil, right? No, that was Kevin. Ke- okay. Yeah. And and she's like, hey, you know, here's twenty bucks for you and Kevin to go off and see a movie. <laughs> so you so you met her in Hollywood. You bring her home. You have sex with her, and she leaves you twenty dollars. Yeah. For you and your roommate. It, to go it was, see a it, movie. was that, it was that special for her. You didn't ask her for the money. She just like gives you twenty. No, yeah, I wouldn't ask her. I'm like, hey, by the way, can I have twenty dollars? You know, you live. She lived in Los Feliz, and I lived in Santa Clarita, which is a, a, quite the drive too. So I'm not like, hey, and, and we were at my house in Santa Clarita. So did you think uh, uh, back then? Uh, this is going back like fifteen years. Um, <laughs> longer than that, twenty years, oh, yeah, a long time actually. Back then, there was quite a price difference between Los Feliz and Santa Clarita. There isn't so that difference isn't as drastic today. Um, you think maybe she looked down upon you that she had had so much and you had so little? <laughs> she was living in an apartment, so I don't, I don't, oh, okay. I, I don't think that was the case. You know, no. still an apartment in Los Feliz back then was a lot more money. Uh, so then, the second <laughs> time you good. had sex with her, she gave you a couch. Yeah, I got a couch and a love seat. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a love seat. <laughs> So did she have sex with you, then unload the couch, or did she bring the couch in and then have sex uh, I, on the couch? I, I went down and picked up the couch. So, okay, so there was sex, and then she was like, hey, come pick up a couch. Yeah, she was like, hey, you know, I got these things. I, I think she's moving back in with her sister or something like that. So she's like, hey, I got so this they, couch and love seat. And, they know, came out of her apartment. Yeah, they came she, out of her apartment, yeah. And then that was it. I, I don't think you dated her. You got a couch, a love seat, and 20 bucks out of her, and that was you were done And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't think I've... I, I have ever talked to her again. And then Debbie got you a dog. Yep, Debbie so got me bear. What other girls have you have you had sex with and received items? <laughs> that have you prostituted yourself out for? Uh, gee, I don't know. Like big items? I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not like I'm doing Martin for King's tickets. I just end up with those. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe you did do Martin for King's tickets. I'm not sure. No, there's no doing. Martin, Martin didn't invite me to go see the King. So, well, I'm sorry. So Maybe you just I, need to start hanging out with Martin more. I'm not doing Martin. Maybe that's well, the thing. I'm not either. Um, I don't know. Offhand, I can't think of anything that's just like, well, I got this from so-and-so. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Now, I know you have an interesting story that we haven't talked about that happened at a Danny Glover poetry reading. 
<laughs> that's with Debbie. <laughs> that was with Debbie. That's Debbie. Uh, yeah, that that was my girlfriend at that, the time. That was uh, up until a few years ago. Uh, I don't. How long have you been married to Carrie now? Uh, going on nine years. Okay, so up until nine years ago, that was the strangest place that you ever had sex. I don't know if it still is. <laughs> that to be in the butt, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> the old thing from uh, uh, Honey, the uh, the newlywed game. What's, where's the oddest place you've ever had sex? That'd have to be in the butt, Bob. <laughs> oh, my God. Did somebody answer Somebody that? does say that, yes. That's awesome. Um, uh, so for you, it was at a, a Danny Glover poetry reading. It was. He was doing, uh, I forget what, what he was, he was doing a tour, a college tour going around. And uh, I was house manager at San Diego State University. And there was, uh, uh, you know, where the venue was. They have the spotlights and stuff like that. But they weren't using them because it wasn't that full for the venue. Uh, they just had some on the floor. So I went up, uh, Debbie and I went up to the, the where the spotlight room is and, and had some fun while he's down there uh, reading, reading poetry. poetry. <laughs> Did the poetry inspire you? I don't really like poetry. <laughs> oh, so that was it. You were just bored with Danny uh, Glover's poetry? Exactly. I don't care about poetry. It's very disrespectful to do that to Danny Glover. Oh, I did it to Mazzy Star also. Uh, oh. <laughs> so... Which one, I guess, the most oddest would be during Danny Glover. Mazzy Starr, uh, what did she sing? What's her famous, what was her famous oh, song? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not Video Kill the Radio Star. No, no, no. no. It was uh, it was something out of, in the mid-90s, and yeah. it was um, Lilith Farish, if I recall correctly. Kind yeah. Of. So uh, the podcast is convinced with special guest Michael Hutchinson. Because I'm that special. Because you're, yeah, you're the guest. And guests should always receive, you know, uh, parting gifts from the host. So uh, Yes, I should. I have a Sony uh, 5.1 surround sound 3D DVD or Blu-ray player system for you. Aww. That I just saw at Costco yesterday for $360. So it's, it's quite a nice gift. Um, Why, thank you. I don't recall. I'll you. blow you later. Yeah, right. I, you know, I don't recall you giving me anything that's as nice as that. So uh, I've had you work with me at my house. You have. Uh, and that's in not a gift in itself. That, in exchange for that, you took me to Disneyland. <laughs> See? Um, which came with a picnic lunch courtesy of your backpack, which I'm not complaining about. I enjoyed at the time. But now that I'm thinking I'm giving you a $360 Sony uh, Blu-ray player. That was uh, your very first time at California Adventure. It was my first time at California Adventure. It was an so that was the, for building a room onto your house. So yeah, um, so uh, uh, what else? I don't know. I'm trying to think what else I, I got. Well, there, I remember there was a whole slew of free shit that you got back in the ghetto days. Um, okay, people just feeling sorry for me, which I, I don't doubt. I just offhand, I just can't remember. I know it's. I, what do you mean you don't doubt? Back then you played it. You played it. <laughs> well, I was. I was the. I was a gener- generation Xer. You know, have the college degree, but have no money. Uh, yeah, and I was. I was doing substitute teaching so I can hang out with my son during the summers. For, so I didn't have a full time job for special ed kids, which made you even more. Oh, that's right. Oh, he's such a humanitarian. You know, doing the volunteer work with the Sunshine Kids. You know, so I can. Uh, which has given me a lot of opportunities. Also, meeting a lot, a lot of people, and you know, going interesting places I never have and doing things I've never. Yeah, but that's just through the sunshine. That isn't because uh, someone met you and had sex with you and then gave you something. That is true. Uh, But these are just things that I've done. And that's the reason why, you know, I, I, some of the things that I get is because of these connections that I've made. But no, I've not done. Right. As I had kids, I had said in an earlier podcast that uh, you make friends with the wait staff uh, because, and the bartenders, so you can get free drinks. 
Um, but then you actually maintain the friendships with them. You're still Facebook friends with these people. That's what you you're supposed to do. You invite them to your do. parties and stuff like that. Absolutely. So it's it's odd. You, you the it's probably cheaper just to pay for the drinks than, <laughs> but whatever. You I don't try. know why you're still friends with them. Yeah, it's fine. I, there's nothing wrong with these people. I just I mean <laughs> these people other than they're you know wait staff and you know skewed to begin with. <laughs> they're all actors and actresses right no uh, not the wait staff necessarily that you make friends with i mean in vegas you're not they're not actors and actresses that's true but the industry is known to be uh heavy coke use uh a lot of depressed people um a lot of you know not saying that they all are or that the people you're friends with are but a lot of them that's what the industry is known for um so i don't have a segue from this to anything else well, we can go to, to the awesome thing because we did talk about that. So let me let me tell you what the awesome day is. Uh, to, today, March 10th, is International Day of Awesomeness Day. Okay. Uh, what is the International Day of Awesomeness? Well, let me I just tell know. you. The International Day of uh, Awesomeness is a celebration of awesomeness. That makes sense. People are, uh, people are awesome every day, frequently don't realize it, and that their feats of awesomeness are rarely recognized. We aim to fix that. Uh, the special day to both perform and celebrate. Uh, I'm waiting for this thing to upload. <laughs> uh, you think I would have already had this already done. Anyway, to celebrate both perform and celebrate feats of awesomeness. Uh, why is it done today? You may ask any idea. What'd be your best guess? Why do you think they do it today? It's somebody's March 10th. The awesome. Ma- yeah. It's somebody's birthday. Oh, whose birthday? Uh, March 10th. I don't know whose birthday. It must be like somebody like John Lennon or somebody like that. No, think more awesome. Gandhi? No. Um, Think martial arts. Oh, Bruce Lee? No, he's not that awesome. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. There Chuck you Norris. go. Chuck Norris's birthday is today. Is so today, therefore, so it's the awesome day. The awesome day. Well, I do have, I can segue now. I have an awesome story. See, like the way that worked? Yeah, that I forgot to tell you about when I was talking about Costa Rica, although it just happened in Costa Rica. Uh, one of the, we were staying in Monte Verde Inn, and uh, they have a couple of parking lots. Uh, we pulled our car in and uh, parked it, of course, went and spent some time in our room. And about 6 o'clock, uh, I guess the security comes by or the gates automatically shut. And they're, you know, they're like uh, whatever, like parking lot gates or, you know, apartment complex type gates or whatever. So our car was locked in. Um, we, we were going to go out and have dinner. It's about 7 o'clock at night. Uh, get into the car and figure, okay, we just we drive up to the gate and the gate will automatically open. So we drive up to the gate, nothing, you know, we reverse and we're trying, you know, different approaches to the gate at different angles, figuring we have to roll over something to open it. So after a few minutes of this, I decide, all right, I got to go into the front office to find out. So I park the car, Deanna stays in the car, I go to the front office and the woman at the desk tries calling security. Security isn't getting back to her. So she gives me a clicker. Um, that's the only way to get out. Security would open it or, you know, they have whatever, like, uh, remote controls. So she gives me a clicker and asks me to, you know, after I open it to bring it back to her because they only have whatever, a certain amount of them. It's not really for the guests to use. So, okay, fine. So I go out there, I get in the car and I'm hiding the clicker. And, uh, Deanne is like, Deanna says, so what's going on? And I said, it's the weirdest thing. Um, you say, if I can laugh, uh, we approach the gate and you yell at the gate, Monteverde Country Inn, which is the name of the place you're staying, and the gate will automatically open. And she's like, get the fuck out. And I was like, no, really, this is, this is what happens. So 
I pull the car up. She rolls down. I roll down the window and I'm like, go for it. And she sticks her head out the window. <laughs> She's yelling at the gate, Monteverde Country Inn. And I'm, you know, trying to keep a straight face. And I was trying to push the button to get the gate to open so it would actually work for her. But I, I was, there was like three buttons on it and I'm pushing the wrong button. And it didn't work. So she, you know, she comes in and she's as serious as can be. And she's like, what are we supposed to do? And I was like, well, try it louder. <laughs> she's yelling louder at the gate. Finally, I couldn't contain myself. Is there anybody around watching this? I don't No, not really. There's nobody directly watching us. I'm not sure if there's anybody who's noticing these two people in a car. With a girl, yelling at the gate. A girl had her head out the window shouting at this gate. But at this point, I just couldn't take it anymore, and and so I had to look at the clicker. You know, she whatever she realized that I had had her, and we opened up to get it, returned it, um, and I fucking I just like even today I'm just still genuinely laughing about it. But it's the weirdest thing because uh, feasibly the technology exists that 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 it could be. I mean, it's not that far fetched. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that yet. you would approach it and speak open sesame, and it would open. And before I got in the car and, and on my way from uh, getting the clicker to back to the car, I devised that I was going to do this. Um, and I figured she's not going to fly for open says, man, I mean, that's just not going to, this is not going to work out. She's going to try the clapper, a couple claps. <laughs> Have her just clap Louder, her. louder. But she's, you know, she's shouting to the at gate. the gate. Monteverde country. <laughs> in. And, oh God, it was fucking hilarious. I found out over the weekend uh, that I went to go give blood to the Red Cross and save lives as I do every i don't know if it's every four months or six months i do the alex machine um so they remove platelets so it's not like it's not every three months it's longer i think i think it's every six um as an o positive uh yeah i'm o positive and uh regular blood donations they say like saves an average of three lives and uh giving platelets they say saves like six lives somewhere around there um, so I went and I had my appointment and I sat there and, you know, you go through all that anybody's ever done it. You go through all the stupid questions. I don't, do you give blood? Have you ever given blood? Uh, I do at school every once in a while when they have the blood drives to red cross. Yeah, to red so cross. you have to answer the questions yeah. on screen. And even though you're a male, it presents you with the female questions. Like it'll say if female, yeah. uh, you know, when was your last menstrual cycle or something like that. And the responses to that are, uh, yes, no skip. I'm a male. So I'm reading it and I click on the mail and then I continue going. And, you know, they ask you, I mean, the the 10 times beforehand, uh, the girl immediately, she looked like she was fucking angry. Um, And so I just called it out like before she even asked for my driver's license. I'm like, you're not happy today, are you? Um, And she says, oh, I'm just not feeling well. I'm like, you're sick and you're here to get me sick. This is (laughs) what are you talking about? And. So then she asked me, they ask you the dumbest questions. They ask you your name and your address and everything over and over to make sure you're not donating under someone else. I don't know why people do that, but I guess they do. She says, um, and you're a male. So I stopped and I, I lifted up my pants and I looked down my pants and I was like, yep, still am. Didn't even crack a smile from her. And I was like, oh, God. Um, so I went through, I answered the questions. So she asked me that. The machine knows I'm a male. I answer the questions. They say I'm a male. Then I just start reading the end, like, do you have malaria? Do you have AIDS? Do you have this? And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then finally I click no, and a thing comes up on the screen, and it says, you've answered this question incorrectly based on your sex. And I look, and I see this particular question says, for females. 
And it's like, well, if you're fucking smart enough to know that I'm a male, why are you presenting me with these stupid questions? With these Seems female like it questions? filter them out, right? It should. Anyway, one of the questions is, uh, have you been out of the country? Of course, I went to Costa Rica. Uh, the guy comes back in and says, oh, where have you been? And I said, Costa Rica. Where in Costa Rica? Uh, La Fortuna. Oh, that's a malaria. That's an area known to have high malaria cases or whatever, malaria virus. So if you would have said somewhere else in Costa Rica, you'd be okay. Well, then, so then he kept checking and he was like, where else were you? Uh, you know, Liberia. Oh yeah. And I was like, and then he's like, where else? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Cause like I flew in and out of Liberia. So, you know, that's, that's the date I left there on the ninth on whatever, February 9th. Um, so I can't give blood for 12 months now because I was in a, a heavy malaria filled area. So, so you're banned for a year? Yeah, I can't give blood for 12 months. So which now, means, you, now you, that, you know why people give it under false names? Um, I guess, um, but I'm not. Well, okay, for, I'm not that, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, I'm not that desperate to save lives. Plus, let's say my blood, let's say I do have malaria, I got it. Then wouldn't I be killing people if I lie and you know give blood anyway? Although they check it and then they get back to you. It doesn't make any sense because... They're going to check it for malaria, so why not take my platelets anyway, test it, and then say, oh, we can't take them, or there's no malaria, so he's fine. Exactly. So uh, dozens of people are going to die because I didn't give blood. So because of my trip to Costa Rica, I have killed dozens of people. So you should not have gone. Right. I hope that weighs heavy on your mind. It does. Vacation has resulted in me murdering a bunch of people. You just need to stay in America. And I feel bad about that. Uh, well, actually, you went to Europe. Did you visit any farmland while you were in Europe? Uh, no. <laughs> They'll scrutinize that, and if you did, you can't give blood either. No, there's a no. I guess the mad cow disease or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, but it's, it's not a place I'd go out and visit. Hey, look, there's cows there. Let's go visit the farmland. So I always imagined from watching horror movies and stuff that uh, if I ever murdered somebody, it would come with some sort of fun or excitement or something to it you know some kind of a thrill well you think so yeah no, the, the sexual excitement and why people do it I, I, it's like having sex from what they say but i have now killed at least a dozen people and i don't feel any different maybe so, if you put faces to it does that make me like a dexter psychopath no because he know he knows he's killing people he does it for the right reason you did it because you're a selfish bastard right well exactly I want to go on vacation in Costa Rica. But There's the pe- malaria there. I don't care about people. But the people who murder and don't uh, care aren't those the ones that are the, the real psychopaths as opposed to the ones They'd that be are sociopaths, yes. Sociopaths as opposed to the ones that are doing it. So maybe I'm a sociopath. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I just but even a sociopath get off on it. Well, actually, I have remorse. I mean, I do feel bad because, uh, I mean, dozen people are going to die. There's no way to cut it. That's. If you, you know, Deanna was like, oh, but somebody else will give blood and they'll live. That's not true. Because if that's the case, then your blood truly doesn't save lives. So if your blood really saves lives, then if you don't give blood, you're killing people. And blood banks wouldn't go low. Uh, If you gave blood. Yeah, if everyone gave blood, yeah. Right, and they go low. So, um, you know, she's like, oh, they'll get it from out of state or whatever. But then that means somebody in another state dies. So, uh, and then who knows what the trickle-down effects are. Uh, could be, you know, into the millions, which exactly. And that person you didn't save could have cured cancer. That's true. Or it could have been Hitler. Um, but, uh, um, anyway, I, and one would think that I shouldn't feel bad because I'm for population control. So I really shouldn't give blood. So people do die. 
Um, this way we have lower population. But uh, I don't know. I feel bad. I feel bad about it. I have a certain amount of remorse. I don't feel good about killing people. I feel bad about killing people. And I thought it would be the, com- the other way around completely. Well, I think that maybe you should uh, use a little transference and put it on Deanna because ultimately who wanted to go to Costa Rica? It was Deanna who wanted to go to Ex- Exactly. So and, who really killed the people? And she can't give blood either. Of course, her blood isn't as valuable as mine. She just you know doesn't do the platelets. They don't care about her for the Alex machine. So she's only killing like a half a dozen people. So realistically, you can just do transfer the whole thing over to her because it's her fault. But between the two of us, it's like 20 people are going to die. Um, so this got me thinking about uh, you had uh, a previous podcast. We talked about uh, black on black crime. Actually, it was this in a combination of uh, while I was in the parking lot. Um, You're thinking how much that person would be if I ran them over? Uh, it's sort of. <laughs> Actually, it, it, okay. I'm in the parking lot and I need to turn down an aisle and this black guy is uh, walking uh, to his car, talking on a cell phone, uh, taking his sweet ass time. He sees me. He knows that I'm waiting to turn. I mean, there's just no doubt about it, but I'll be damned if he's going to, you know, hurry up and scurry out of the way. He just, you know, walks as slow as possible. And I started thinking, I started thinking about the black on black crime thing. And I started thinking that, you know, there's just no courtesy or respect. I mean, just absolutely none. And it made me wonder, is that the problem in the African-American community that leads to so much black-on-black crime and leads to so many African-Americans in jail? I don't know if it's necessarily limited to African-Americans. Okay. Have you ever met? or ever heard of African-Americans having any respect for the police? Well, yes, I, I do know some who have. Yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> Cause it's certainly not dictated in the music that they listen to. I mean, overall it is like fuck authority. See, I think you're generalizing. A lot I am generally generalizing. I'm not talking about everybody. We have an African-American president who I voted for. Obviously he's not in jail. Although there's a lot of Republicans who'd like to see him there. But uh, no, I'm, I'm speaking generally, and, and generally there are a bunch of them in prison, and they're either what this guy was talking about or we talked about last week, the crime they commit on each other. And I just started thinking. A lot of that's socioeconomic, though. I remember being, I went to see one of the Harry Potter movies, and this guy was there with his family, and his kids started crying. Uh, and he was like, it was a black guy, and he was like completely oblivious to it. And one of the attendants finally came and talked to the guy, and the guy started arguing. I was like, fuck you. I paid my ticket just yelling in the theater while watching Potter. And Did the kid pay for the ticket also? I See, probably I not. But I don't know. Um, but it was just rude. And black people are known to talk during movies. You know, that's rude. You watch, like, uh, daytime TV, and daytime TV is about uh, the Jeff Probst show just recently got canceled. Uh, and I talked about this last week because uh, the new assistant editor at Judge Judy uh, works for Jeff Probst um, or used to work on Probst. And he was like, I don't understand why the show didn't work. And I was like, why wouldn't, why would it work? Why would you a, need a Wendy Williams out there? Exactly. Why would a lily white man's man work in daytime TV? Daytime TV caters to bashing white people. I think it goes just the socioeconomics. Once again, it goes to, a different class of people who usually don't have jobs who sit around and, and can relate to all that. I don't think it's necessarily black, okay. or white or all right, but, all Mexican, right. whatever the case may white be. White people are, who are at home like to watch 
white people get bashed on, which is what Judge Jerry, does. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Black people like to watch white people get bashed on. Everybody likes to watch white people get bashed on because it's the, that's the man. So daytime TV is either bashing on people or uh, it is a, a empowerment of minorities, which is what Ellen, who's gay, uh, Rosie, who was gay, but didn't come out at the time. And Oprah, who's, you know, African-American empowering minorities or empowering females who in this case are minorities. This is not the the place for a white man's man for a Jeff Probst to work, to live. No, I, I um, agree. That is nighttime TV. You know, that is the Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, David Letterman, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. That is where white men, Bill Maher, Bill Maher. That's where they thrive. <laughs> nighttime Cooper. TV, not daytime TV. So, uh, anyway, and most of daytime TV is about, you know, bashing and disrespect. And, you know, the uh, hip hop music is, not respectful to anybody. I mean, it, it, I'd like hip hop music, but it ain't respectful to women. It ain't respectful to police. I mean, there's just complete disrespect all the way around. So it got me to wonder if maybe the thing is, is that African-Americans in a generality typically just don't have respect. They're not taught common courtesy. And again, in a generality, uh, there's a lot of broken homes, of course, these days. See, I think all that just falls to homes. socioeconomics because I don't think you put it as black or white or whatever. I think you put a white person in the same situation so and, then, they, and they're the same way. So put, socioeconomics, you're saying that it's just all black people are in that poorer class. I'm not saying all black people are at all. Oh, the majority. I'm saying, there's I'm a majority saying that they're – no, I, I think there's – no. There probably are more African-Americans and Hispanics than white people. That is probably true. But I, I think they, no matter what color you are and you are in that class, I think you have the same views. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm with that. I'm not, I, I haven't really thought out my, uh, um, thesis here, my idea. I just kind of stumbled upon it. Uh, you know, I'm not ready to write a book on the subject. So, uh, all, uh, lower class people, um, have a lack of respect. Yes. Okay. I, I, that, that's the way I would go with it. Cause I, okay, fantastic. Yeah, even if you look right. at, even if you look at your Jerry Springers and all that, it's, it's mixed races, right? You uh, know, your you judge know, Judy is, I'm picking on black people because uh, it was a black guy who was walking in front of me. And because of the reference to Harry Potter and because we had just talked about the, uh, KKK guy in, uh, two episodes ago. So you're right. All right. It, it is the lower class that just has a general lack of respect. There are, you know, and some, there are some black people who expect things. You know, Carrie was going through in Vegas, uh, last year on black people. We just, I just brought the subject. You were, I, well, I was, well, okay, you're and right. You I just shouldn't. like, you went back to black people. <laughs> All right, fine. Carrie was whatever. Well, I, you know, it's just such a, a, a weird story. She, her and her friend, she's a bachelorette party. It's like three o'clock in the morning. They go and get this pizza. They're going through, I forgot. Aria, one of the, one of the major hotels out there in Vegas, uh -huh. going through there. This black guy comes up to him and says, get, "Can I get a piece of pizza?" And they're like, "No, I just paid twenty bucks for this, you know, small pizza, you know, as you know, Vegas is right." And and she's like, "No," and and the guy starts going off on, "Well, your parent, your grandparents owned me. I was a, I, my my parents were slaves. I think oh you my owe God. me." Yeah, really. <laughs> That's a hell of a sense of entitlement. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, and I don't know if there are some out there who feel that way. Well, uh, slavery goes back to the 16th president, 
So uh, anybody, any African-American who is alive today uh, does not have any relatives who are alive who are actually slaves. Uh, well, I agree with that. And they probably don't even know if they were. They just figured, I'm African-American, so I must have some. But, just like all white people must have owned slaves. And that's not the case at all. Even the Southern people, what was it? I forgot, 20% of people own slaves. You had to have well, money yeah, to own slaves. You had to have money and, and, and a farm. Yeah. I mean, if you if you ran a grocery store in town, you didn't own a slave. No, it's not like everyone had a slave. Every white person gets a slave. Yeah. <laughs> Which goes to a few podcasts ago where I talked about that I would like to own a person. I don't care what color the person is. It'd just be nice to own someone. Yes. Which is a desire that I have because I don't have children. Everybody who's had, who has kids knows what it's like to own someone. I, I, <laughs> I would like to give them back. Right. I would like to like a refund, please. <laughs> That's right, so, I mean, I think that that's the, uh, the core of what's wrong with society is a complete lack of respect. I agree. That in entitlement. I mean, we deserve everything. Well, we Americans deserve everything. I, I, I could, if we dug deeper, I could say that a sense of entitlement probably comes, probably as an offshoot of a lack of respect. That's probably true. I mean, if you, if kids were taught to uh, be courteous to other people, uh, to respect, police to respect elders to respect you know people who are in positions above them um then they wouldn't get a sense of entitlement because by respecting somebody else you're putting them on a higher pedestal than you so by virtue you couldn't feel like you were entitled you don't have the entitlement yeah more than they were um so i mean that's uh, that's it right there we just solved society's problems I think it's, uh, yeah, and I, I tell my kids that all the time. Common courtesy. I, I'm always telling. I don't. I know. I'm like, and I don't blame it on the kids. You guys want this and think you guys are going to have a perfect life, making you know eighty thousand out of high school. Right. Well, now you're back to the sense of entitlement. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. I, you know, I talk. I talk to my kids about that. Do you find that your kids respect you? Uh, I think my kids do. Do Do you have uh, kids in school who don't respect their teachers? Oh yeah, who are notoriously bad for not respecting the teacher. Well, yeah, we have a we have a student uh, not in my class. I don't I don't have him in my class, uh, but uh, right after lunch, you know, he had a math class. Not too happy about it, I guess. Uh, doesn't get along with the teacher. Asked if he can go to the bathroom. She said yes. He goes out right outside the door and pees. <laughs> <laughs> even though the teacher said yes. Yes, even though he's yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, there are kids out there who, but you know, it's, it's disrespecting authority because what happens to them if they disrespect us? Uh, nothing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, back in my time when I, you know, in high school, if I said, you know, fuck off to the principal, you know, I'd be in some serious shit. Right. Uh, these days it's like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Um, Don't do that again. It's funny because I didn't respect teachers. Uh, I didn't respect teachers at all. And back in your day is my day basically. Uh, I was in sixth grade, Mr. Kumasaki. Um, I told him flat out in class to fuck off. Um, and I was sent outside the, into the, whatever we, we didn't have a hall, but it was outside. The door was outside. I was sent outside the class. Um, my parents had to come in and you know, there was referrals. I always had referrals. I was always bad to teachers. Um, but that was sixth grade was the first time I think I told the teacher to fuck off in the middle of class. Um, and nice. I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have respect for teachers. Of course, I dropped out of school in the ninth grade, basically. So sixth to ninth, I only had three more years with, you know, teachers anyway. Uh, but teachers, uh, teachers hated me. Uh, I feel so bad for what I did to those teachers and just 
as terrible as I was. And you married someone's parents who were in the education field. Yes, and you and your wife are teachers and another friend of mine, Jack, who I haven't talked to in a while, but he was a teacher. I was surrounded by teachers, still am surrounded by teachers. Um, And actually it was Mr. Vaughn, my math teacher in eighth grade. I told him to fuck off too. Uh, That resulted in uh, I was going to get suspended. I think I told the story before. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. I told, Maybe I didn't listen to that one. I, you didn't listen to that <laughs> podcast? I told Mr. Vaughn in the middle of class, I told him to fuck off. He referred me. Or referred me. I had had so many referrals in – this was eighth grade, actually. No. What the fuck was it? was ninth grade. <clears throat> it was ninth grade. I had so many referrals that uh, it overflowed in from one folder to another. I had two folders in the file cabinet. that They couldn't fit them in one folder. Uh, that's how bad it was. What a great kid. I was terrible, terrible fucking. I bet I, your parents just and love it, you. It's a wonder that I have any respect or common courtesy for anybody today. Because um, I will, like, I'm on a freeway. You turn on your signal, I give you room. I flash my high beams at you. I let you in. I mean, even if you don't turn on your signal and I see the lanes ending and I can tell you want to come in, I give you room. What a nice guy. Because most people don't like to merge. Most people don't do that shit. And, you know, I, I hold doors open for people. I mean, I, you know, please and thank you. I say sir and ma'am all the time. And I think that's sometimes why I get the stuff that I get is because I'm polite to other people. I'm polite to a lot of people and I don't get the shit that you get. So might have something to do that you look sort of like Jesus. So people feel like maybe they're <laughs> giving <laughs> something to Christ. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I told him to fuck off. I had so many referrals. They were going to kick me out of school. Uh, so uh, I had to apologize. In order to stay in school, I had to apologize to him in front of class. And I had to write out an apology. It couldn't just be, I'm sorry. Uh, which I was so scared about, so nervous. Um, so I wrote out, you know, whatever. I don't even remember what the hell it I wish I had it still. I wish I had it today. But I stood in front of class. The vice principal and my counselor were there. Um, I don't think my mom was there, but she might have been. Uh, and I apologized. And after I apologized, the class broke out into cheers. And I don't remember what the hell I said. But, like, it just became, it was a thing. It was an event. I mean, I don't know that people remember it to this day. Did like, other people come in from other classrooms to see this? Vince Rook well, is going to be apologizing other than, everybody. Yeah. No, uh, not students. <laughs> but it got around school. Um, and like I said, I don't know that people remember it uh, like I do. But I walked out of class and other people knew about the apology. Like it was an epic moment. It was, you know, a, a cinematic moment in a movie. Um, so... Something so were you like a hero or were you like, yeah, or, or was same, it that they broke you? Well, everybody couldn't believe there were, there were a lot of people who were excited that I said, fuck you to Mr. Van Vaughn. I think it was Vaughn, uh, to begin with. Uh, and then secondly, the apology was better than the F word. It was just, it was bizarre. Um, I'm not advocating that people should do that though. <laughs> apologize. Even though That's it worked rude, out, I think no, should apologize. To, to tell their teachers to fuck off, even though it worked out fine for me. Um, yeah. So respect. <laughs> what no, else? That's what it boils down to. Respect. This, we, this whole thing goes to respect. We I need to respect each other, this which is, is very, true. Um, amazing race this season. There, uh, there was a father and son. I don't know. Are you watching it? I have not watched amazing race this season. No. Uh, there's a father and son who both are cancer survivors. I know people who've had cancer and who've, uh, recovered from it and don't have cancer anymore. And it's a terrible thing. I don't wish it upon anybody. I mean, it's just horrible. I think my dogs have tumors um, and probably have cancer, but uh, we DVR amazing race and we watched several episodes back to back. So 
they beat into your head every time these this father and son come on that they they successfully fought cancer and i mean over and over you know oh my god if he can fight cancer he can do anything this is what they keep saying fighting cancer fighting cancer and it annoyed the shit out of me i was like who the fuck you don't did you go back to college and become a doctor did you go into a lab and start studying fighting cancer consists of going to your doctor's appointments and sitting there that's well, how you the, fight cancer. There's a lot of willpower and positive attitude because if you don't have the positive attitude, ca- cancer will eat at you. So, so fighting cancer is the equivalent of just not giving up. It can be, yes. So we should praise anybody who has considered suicide but decided not to do it. Well, don't we? They didn't give up. I don't know. People don't praise me. I wrote a fucking book where I was on the, you know, my last thread. And people aren't like, oh, my God, he's fucking great. You know, I don't run around going, I've fought suicide. Who the fuck? Fighting cancer. You don't fight well, cancer. Fighting suicide be fighting depression, right? Isn't that what's called also fighting depression? I guess. So, but do, nobody, so you would fight it. But people don't consider them. You don't go around going, oh, my God, you're on Prozac. Congratulations. You fought depression. Well, I don't know if Prozac's really fighting depression. Isn't it? Uh, you found a solution. Are you really, well, you did find a solution. You're yeah, depressed. You're, you found but are a you solution. Really fighting you took it? it. You just fought depression. You know, you do exercise to fight depression. You're fighting depression, right? I, You'd go on a Prozac. You're going on a Prozac. You're going on something I don't know necessarily fights it. Cancer, you are fighting it. You have the will to live. I don't think you're fighting. I mean, you absolutely just, have that will to live. Otherwise, if there's no will, fight in you, it would eat wait, you up. A will to live, I don't, I don't see that as fighting. That's just that's being – look, you're not you – at the moment, you are not facing any diseases. But you don't want to die, so you have a will to live. So, but, but I'm not fighting anything. I, I live my, if, if I had cancer, I think I'd be living differently. Would I be are, eating differently? You are fighting. Would I be doing fighting things? death? Would I be You're taking all my, constantly fighting I'd death. I'd be taking my cup of coffee up my ass, right? <laughs> the, the clonic, the... <laughs> Um, oh, speaking of that, right? You would be doing things differently. Um, you would be fighting it in some way. Have you? I. You know where the neti pot is? Mm-hmm. I use a neti pot. Do you really? Yeah. Oh my god! What a disgusting thing. So, have you tried it? No. Oh, it feels so good. It, it probably does. Not saying it doesn't, but it is. I mean, like along the lines of an enema. It's an enema for your nose. It's, dis- it's not really. All, it, all you do is put water in. It comes out the other nostril. It's not a big deal. Yeah, you tilt your head over the sink. Yeah, and you pour water in the one side. Yeah, right? it looks like a, a mini teapot. Yeah, okay. And you pour water into one side and it goes up into your sinus and then comes and out, out the other, no, other nostril. Other nostril yeah. Okay, you say cleans them out. So crap is coming out or just water is coming out? Well, usually you see water. I haven't seen like crap, but it cleans out. You use a, you don't just use water. It's a saline, it's a saline warm type. saline solution or something. Yeah. Are you like, are you just pouring it in or are you forcing it in? You just pour it in. You just pour it in. Mm-hmm. And I guess when you first and it depends on how you tilt it because if you tilt your head back too much, it starts going into your mouth, and you're like, "Oh, I don't want that." So then you tilt your head a little bit more forward, and it comes out your nostril again. Okay, so there's probably when you first do it, there's probably some sort of choking sensation. You have to kind of get you have to get used to used the, to the position, figuring out yeah. how to close your mouth. But once you do it, once you do it, it's just all about your head placement. <laughs> and it uh, and it drains. It goes and then do you do the other side? Mm-hmm. And so. Why do you do the other side? Like if you put it in the right nostril and it drains out the left, didn't every all the dirt in the right nostril go follow its way through? I don't know. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it's maybe so there's stuff that comes out the other side. I don't know. You have does, you have this whole pot of stuff. Why not do both sides? Does Carrie do it too? Uh, no, she hasn't. She has. I don't think she has. How often do you do this? Uh, I do it like if I feel like I'm starting to get a cold or something like that. I'll do it and clean out my sinuses. And does that? But the virus isn't in your mucus. No, but it cleans you out. It it helps you to breathe. 
Okay. And how long does it help you to breathe? I don't know. I mean, I just do it every once in a while. It's, you're supposed to do it, what, every day or something like that? Well, the neti pot sellers tell you that, of course. <laughs> I'm sure the enema people tell you you should do that every day. Well, you probably should. So uh, Clean out your system. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, do you use? Do you do an enema? I have not. I've never oh. done an enema. Uh, I, when, uh, when I was a kid, uh, that was my, one of my mom's solutions to being sick. Oh, you're really sick. You need to have an enema. It was terrible. It's fucking. Te- I, you know, I have no idea what the connection is. Look, I've said before, bacteria in your intestines. Let's things, get rid of it. You know, the things that my parents taught me, what my last name was, and and uh, you know, you drink milk when you're sick. It creates music. I mean, my parents. I don't know. It's a wonder that I fucking grew up. But yeah, I love all the old school stuff though. <laughs> yeah, funny. an enema, an enema for being sick. Uh, and I don't. I have no idea. So, it, which. I guess it worked in this respect because if I was sick, I would try to not be as sick to the point like I don't want the enema. Yeah. You know, they'd be like, I'd be all my You're eyes. You're staying up from school today, I'm Vince. Crying, you get the enema. I can't breathe. I'm coughing. My mom's like, how do you feel? Uh, fine. Fine. <laughs> really good. I totally just <laughs> nothing up the ass, please. Yeah. I just, I don't need that. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I've, I've had that experience. Wonderful that that is. Yep, so you ne- never had the enema? Um, no, no. Uh, I never had the neti pot. I never had the nose oh, I think I think the, the neti pot is much better. But you get uh, colonics, as we were, we've now gotten off of fighting cancer. You get uh, coffee colonics or all these different types of colonics that people get that are in fashion. Uh, it makes me wonder, are there like coffee netties or neti coffee pots? Not that I'm aware of. I imagine that would probably burn. I honestly, I don't know. I, I've only used those say, little saline ones. Was, Comes in a little uh, packet. You put it in with the, the neti pot, and off you go. Was Crocodile Dundee onto something when he uh, put the cocaine in the warm water and had the guy put the towel over his head to inhale the water? Remember that? <laughs> I don't remember, but I, <laughs> don't you remember Paul Hogan? I don't remember. It was one or two, but uh, somebody's trying to snort lines, and Paul Hogan's like, "Oh, it's much easier this way." And, Fills up a bowl full of hot water, dumps the cocaine in it, and has the guy put his head in it and puts a towel over his <laughs> head. Right, steams like, it just, in. Yeah, just inhale the steam. And the guy is like, all right, whatever. Um, so I wonder if you put cocaine in your neti pot, if that, then maybe it doesn't burn a hole through your nose. Well, I don't know. If you have a hole in your nose from doing too much coke, then does the neti pot not work? It probably wouldn't because it would go through your sinuses. Yeah. yeah, it just goes through there. Now, your sinuses, I thought um, you have a right sinus and a left sinus. Yes. So how could it enter your right sinus and come out your well, left? They must be connected in there. Is it flowing through your brain? No. So the washing. I don't think brain? exactly. So, so do a head bob a couple times. Would you be freaked out if like all like a whole stream of mucus came out? I guess I probably would. I, yeah. That'd be that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. You just get like all that yellow, like when you have a sinus. Well, like infection. you know, after you do the attic up there, you know, if you use the neti pot, I bet you'd see a lot of crap come out of your nose. No, because your nose does filter a lot of stuff. You're Granted, making reference to I re-insulated my attic yeah. and I was up in my attic. But because it's um, dirty, any any place is dirty. If you go off to the desert and you're right. hanging out in the desert, you know, motorcycle riding or something like you that. You've got to blow your nose and you're Yeah, use a neti pot at the end of the stuff. day of something like that. I bet you get a lot of crap coming out of there because right. well, your nose is a filter, right? Maybe I got it. One of these days you'll buy me monkey butt. Uh, <laughs> and a neti pot. And a neti pot. And we can do it maybe and for I'll, our 20th. And I'll get them confused and I'll... Maybe I'll use monkey butt on my nose and the neti pot in my ass. All right. Well, we're at, uh, what are we at? We're at 52 minutes. So that's a nice, healthy podcast. Yes, it is. So, it got kind of exciting there at the end. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I think we'll end it. All right. 
I'm Vince Roca. I'm Michael Hutchinson. Oh, we, you know what? We didn't open and ask for people to leave comments and suggestions on uh, iTunes. I thought we were supposed to end with that. We are, but you decided last time that we were going to open with that too. That's right on our next one, yeah. So anybody who listened to the podcast, fast forward to the end, <laughs> listen to the bit where we say you should leave comments and suggestions, then rewind in the beginning, and at that point, listen to the podcast. That's right, and leave your comments and suggestions. Leave your comments and suggestions on iTunes because Michael reads those. And uh, or what is you'd like for us to talk about? Yeah, or that sort of stuff. Uh, so for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.